Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, welcome to the Transform You Live show. The only place where you can make real life and business transformation, harnessing the power of optimism, hope, and faith. But before we get into today's episode, let's hear from our sponsor. What if I told you about a way you could earn great money all while becoming healthy? Sounds good, right? Just visit our friends over at joinfunbiz.com and see what all the buzz is about. You can start this amazing opportunity part-time or full-time with one of our team members right by your side every step of the way. We need motivated people just like you to follow our proven success system and help us expand our fast-growing company. That's joinfunbiz.com. Why go anyplace else? You can work from home, get paid instantly, offering over 80 natural, organic, and CBD products that people are buying every day. Our team loves to have fun, get free training, and full 24-7 support. We even offer a free marketing system to help you sell your products. Why not take a free tour at www.joinfunbiz.com and see if this program will work for you. Be an independent contractor, work your own hours, and have fun creating a business that generates a cash flow for you. What are you waiting for? Positions are filling up fast. Take a chance on your future and live the life you've only dreamed about. Get signed up at joinfunbiz.com today. Make great money, get strong, healthy, and self-healing. Hello, my people, my people, my people out there in cyber world and podcast world. And those who are summoned across this wonderful podcast and don't know how you got here, we welcome you anyhow, uh, especially those Transformers who are returning subscribers. This is the Transform You Live show, the only place where you can make real life and business transformation, harnessing the power of optimism, hope, and faith. I'm your host, Marcus Hart, of course. Uh, today we have a wonderful guest. I am just thrilled, and I know you are too, uh, for those who are truly a fans of The Secret uh, you will be, you know, indeed, you know, on your seats, ready for this one. Uh, we have the filmmaker uh, here who gathers together the likes of uh, Broad Proctor, uh, Dennis Whiteley, uh, Joe Vitale, and uh, many more to go deeply in how, uh, into the how of personal reality creation, you know, and in the new film, How Thoughts Become Things a step beyond revealing new look at truths, strategies, patterns, and also misconceptions around how our thoughts influence and affect our lives. You want to definitely dive deeper into this one. I have Doug with us here online. Uh, so he's going to uh, reveal the truths, help us to reveal the truths, the strategies and the patterns, and also the misconceptions around how our thoughts influence and affect our lives in this uh, wonderful interview with us today. Uh, and, you know, have a great conversation. So hi, hi Doc. How, how are you doing? Hey, Marcus. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, it's truly a pleasure. You know, um, I, I, I said, you know, briefly because, like, I, you know, I just don't want to steal the thunder. <laughs> we'll share the thunder. We're going to create it together, my friend. Yeah, I mean, you know, but I, I definitely want to allow you to just, you know, uh, do your own introduction. I can't do it any justice. Wow. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll try and keep it real easy. Um, you know, for me, my journey kind of into personal development in this stuff began when I was about 19. Um, I was raised in a, a kind of a broke family. We didn't have no money or anything like that. And my father worked in construction. My mom babysat kids at the home. And, you know, I, I was destined to repeat the poverty pattern, man. I was basically in what we call the rat race. My parents taught me very well how to trade time for money and work overtime if you need more money. And uh, it just doesn't work great. And so, you know, obviously in the thick of being discouraged about that, a friend of mine gave me two books. One, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And the other one was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And both of them literally shattered my existence, right? Like I never saw this kind of stuff before. It was wow to me, right? 
And, um, you know, so when I read these books, they changed my life and uh, really specifically thinking Grow rich. When I read that, um, not only did I kind of have a mind shift, but I kind of was, let's be honest, a little jealous, right? Because Napoleon Hill had interviewed all these guys like Thomas Edison and, you know, the Rockefellers and the Wrigley's and Andrew Carnegie. And all. I was like, how do I get into that kind of company, right? right? And by then I'd heard the saying that you're a combination of the five people you spend the most time with. And let's be honest, no offense to my high school friends, but I wasn't spending time with some people that were really going to bring out the best in me. And so I decided to kind of vacate that crowd in a hurry and see if I could find some people that would help me become better. And so I started going out and interviewing some of the world's top achievers. Of course, it didn't start that way. I started with people that I knew, but eventually I started getting to, um, you know, bigger and more successful people. In fact, I got to some of the top names in the world uh, in thought leadership and business and finance and celebrities and athletes and so forth. Everybody from the founders of FedEx to Ugg Boots to Ted Baker to Uber to, you know, Nike, Reebok, the Avita Group, Christian Dior. I mean, just hundreds of some of the top business leaders. Now, here's the cool thing that happened. And this is, this is kind of what we have to offer your audience today is I experienced a shift. You know, when we talk about how thoughts become things, right, my thoughts started to rise to the standards of those I was spending time with. They were my influences. They were my, uh, how shall we say, uh, the things that were creating the impressions on me, getting me to believe in myself. And so, um, you know, from a financial point of view, I did really good. In fact, one of my mentors once said that your bank statement is a bit of a report card of how well you understand abundance. So I got graduated. I got an A on, you know, my uh, my first report card, um, going from a broke student who, let's be vulnerable for a minute. When I was in college, I had a, <laughs> a purchase decline for $4.22, like declined, right? Like I was buying like a loaf of bread and a couple of milk and all that kind of stuff and declined. And I was able to, um, you know, with the help of these mentors, actually build my first $1.6 million inside of six months as a 19-year-old. So just like earth-shattering change, right? Earth-shattering. Yeah, and so since that time, kind of people would ask me now to come out and speak. Like, what did somebody like Richard Branson teach you? Or what did you learn from Oprah Winfrey or whatever? The people want to know that kind of stuff, right? Exactly. <laughs> it was neat. And so I started speaking. And then, um, you know, the movie The Secret came out. And I was very excited and enthused by that. The interesting thing is I knew most of those speakers. My background in school was actually in film. So I decided to do our first movie. And I did a movie called The Opus in 2008. And uh, Random House translated that book into 35 – or. Yeah, I think it was 35 languages worldwide, something like that. And it featured people like Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen, who did Chicken Soup and Joe Vitale and John Martini and all, all the gang from The Secret. Then uh, we had such success with that that we did another movie after that called The Gratitude Experiment because gratitude is important. In that we had Bob Proctor and uh, Mary Morrissey and John Gray, who did Men Are From Mars and a bunch of other really cool people. And then I did a movie called The Treasure Map, which is all about mula hula, money, making money. And then this latest one, How Thoughts Become Things, which I think is actually very, very timely right now because uh, of a couple things going on in our society. Not only have we got the COVID virus where everybody is really having some serious difficulties and maybe their finances have changed and everything else, but also this tragedy, this mess that has created by um, what's going on with, you know, poor George Floyd and what his family must be experiencing, right? So um, we're all in, in perfect need right now of some changing of our thoughts because what has happened so far is not working. <laughs> it's not working. Truly incredible, you know, and quite the transformational journey indeed. You know, um, you, know you definitely answered the, answered the question that I normally ask mm -hmm. everyone, you know, what is your transformation journey? <laughs> well, that so, was it, yeah. And I'm still changing. Like, here's the cool thing if you think about so, it, right? Like getting into this idea of how thoughts become things. The truth of it is, is all of us have been programmed, right? And not yes. just from birth. The truth is, is the programming that existed in your family came from their family, which came from your grandparents and their grandparents and all the way back to the Garden of Eden, right? Like we've been programmed since day one. And so when we arrive, our programming really shapes a lot of things for good and bad. And the thing that I think a lot of people are missing out on is that they think that the programming happened when we were kids right? Like when I was a kid, my dad did this or my mom did this. And now all of a sudden I'm dysfunctional and messed up. The truth is, is your programming is actually even going on right now. Even the people that are listening to the show, it's still happening. And so we don't have to accept what was given before. We can have a new set of 
choices. We can have an awareness that, like I said, some stuff right now in our society is not working. But the cool thing is we can change it, right? We don't have to accept that as the reality. We have power. And I think that that's something that many people kind of give up too easily on. They give their power away. And so therefore, they just kind of go on autopilot and accept what is. And we're not helpless. That's a really important point that we need to remember. Truly, truly remarkable. And, you know, leaving off on that end part of what you're saying, that we are not helpless. And, and it's because of, uh, because of choice. Because, like, uh, every moment right now does shape our reality. And going back uh, very earlier on what you said, you know, uh, when you made that mindset shift, uh, of uh, approaching Napoleon Hill, which is incredible, you know, Napoleon mm -hmm. Hill. And, you know, uh, I, I too, you know, was introduced to Napoleon Hill. And that's when it all started happening for me. Well, you know, um, it, you know it, it definitely did incredible things for me, myself, too. Uh, and, you know, I was quite envious. <laughs> yeah, so we both feel the same way about Napoleon Hill, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. And, you know, and I'm still, you know, like, hey, man, you know, <laughs> you know exactly. why, hey, why is he not here with me right now to give me a little bit more? <laughs> so, well, you know, what's funny is actually the media calls me the modern-day Napoleon Hill. Yes. So we will become friends, and I'm happy to work with you, and, we'll, and together yes. we'll, we'll do some things. I'd like to learn more also about what you're doing because it sounds pretty cool, right? Yeah, it, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that. I'm very humble about that. Uh, you know, so the, the mere fact that, you know, this, this reality that we are in, you know, uh, the matrix as some people call it, you know, and yeah. for you, you, you have, uh, absolutely, you know, again, to discover the Rubik's cube, uh, to it, um, you know, what, what is it like, you know, uh, now, you know, as you, meet more and more different people and you absorb different, you know, different bits and pieces. Is, is it, is it all brand new still, or, you know, is it still, you know, or is it becoming like, okay, you know, this is, mm. this is I know all, it all already. Same, no, never, never. Yeah, never. yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Well, here, here's the thing that I notice is that, you know, how is it? Socrates once said that we are teleological beings. Yeah. And what he meant by that is that we're beings that are only happy when we're making progress. And so I think when people say, hey, I got this figured out and I can coast for a while, we're automatically kind of going backwards at that point. Because the truth is, is since the, big, the beginning of existence, like the Big Bang, right, everything has been expanding. If you look at a tree, it's always growing, right? If you look at grass, it grows, right? And so the minute that we stop and we say, hey, I'm kind of done with this, or the minute that we also make excuses and we contract, right, and we say I'm smaller than this and I'm not big enough, I can't do it. Well, that's the minute that we're actually fighting against the entire direction of the universe, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I've got a saying that we kind of share in our seminars is that if you want to expand what you have, you start by expanding who you are. And the minute that you say you're not ready to expand who you are, that you've got it all and you've learned it all, is the minute that you're going backwards. You know, it's kind of interesting that as I've had time to spend with some of the biggest successes in the world, people who've like literally achieved what would look impossible to many – the thing that I've noticed is that, first of all, they're constant learners and they're constant students. That's their number one thing, right? They're always looking for ways to learn how to be more effective, more efficient, to learn things. And, and not just from other successful people, to learn from anyone, anywhere, right? They're always looking for opportunities to learn. And I think the more we can kind of become like that, and, uh, and I, I guess I want to qualify, learning isn't just gaining information and, and observing and saying, oh, oh, that makes sense learning actually is doing right so it's it, it involves a high level of implementation we really want to be active in, in i guess that, that old saying how can you tell if someone's truly understood if the behavior changes right that's it yeah. right because <laughs> if, if they haven't understood they'll still fight for their old ways exactly. right they don't see how something can bring value to them so they'll stick to what they used to do before and so i don't know for me that's I'm not always perfect at it. I'll be honest. There's a lot of times when people, especially my wife will say, Hey, do this. And haven't you learned by now? <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah, right. I thought I told, talk to you about this already. And I'm sorry, I'm not meaning to frustrate her. If she's nearby here. Right. You know? <laughs> like that key and peel speech yeah. Yeah, or that key and peel episode. Did you see that one where they're talking about, they drop the B word about their wives, yeah. but they carefully kind of look to make sure she's not around. Yeah. So, uh, I wish I could say I'm the perfect learner. I'm not. I drop the ball a lot still, 
but I try to be a, a better learner. And my capacity to learn, the faster I learn, it kind of really opens up opportunities for me to become better. And when I'm not willing to learn, obviously the opposite happens, right? So what, what happens when, when we don't do anything with thoughts, you know, uh, and, and it seems like a very silly question, you know, some yeah. people, some people out there may be wondering, you know, so, so, you know, we, you know, we have these, these engagements like we have right now, and we have these incredible people, you know, um, that we come in contact with, you know, and everybody's special in their own, own, own unique way. And everybody has something to give. You can get something out of every conversation and yeah. you know you, you get this eureka you know uh thought and then you walk away from it you know mm. you know what have you ever you know uh wonder what happens with it and you know and do you have a you know maybe uh, uh a suggest suggested answer for what happens in, in, you, in, in, you, in a way you know, to that, recover that's really a crazy smart question that you're asking too and i don't think a lot of people ever wonder about that you know, yes, I could take the easy answer and say, oh, yeah, all of our thoughts produce something. That's not true, right? In fact, I know lots of times I've been sitting in traffic. I'm a little bit mad at the guy. He doesn't produce nothing but a couple curse words for me, right? Or uh, I'm watching Netflix and, you know, it's an exciting show and I'm thinking about it, but I'm kind of in a vegetative state. Nothing really happens. The truth of it is, is, you know, it's been said that we have about 70,000 unique thoughts every single day. Yeah. And the majority of them, 80%, and this is the part nobody talks about, are what we call either neutral or negative, right? Now, negative thinking, we know what that is. That kind of puts... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new spirit park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com spiritpark. us in a downside, gets us depressed, discouraged, fearful, all these things. But neutral thoughts, that's actually the majority of our thinking. Nobody really talks about that. And that's basically the just kind of autopilot stuff that we just really don't think through, right? You know, we just kind of let it happen and, and that's that. And the truth is, is why are those thoughts really kind of neutral? And why do even some thoughts were like, hey, that's a good idea, but we don't do nothing about it? Well, it's because we don't really attach it to two things. One, our emotions, we don't get emotional about it. Either good or bad emotions will make us do something. Somebody makes you mad enough, you'll do something about it. But somebody makes you positive enough, you'll do something about it. Like if a thought rubs you that way, it has to be emotional. But I think the other thing too is, um, how do we say this? It maybe needs to be also a thought that attaches to, and I'm not even sure if there's a scientific word for this. Let's call it our sense of worth, our sense of ability right? So if a thought comes to you and you don't think you could do anything about it, even though you get excited, like say somebody comes to you right now and says, you know what, Marcus, by this afternoon, here's this idea and it'll make you a billionaire. But if you're like, yeah, but it's not very likely, right? It, it probably won't happen. Even if you're excited about it, you're not really going to do anything about it because you don't believe it enough, right? You might get excited. That's a cool idea. I'd love to be a millionaire by this afternoon. That'd be wonderful, but probably not going to happen. So therefore, you just don't believe it enough to do it. I think the human mind gets started with things that it knows it could do rather than things that it wonders if, right? Yes. And so that's a really important part. And I guess maybe kind of in harmony with that, we also only will really do things, even when we get very emotional, uh, and, and emotion is very connected to our values, right? Yes. Like if we look kind of what's going on right now, again, with this, um, the whole rioting and the and the protests that are going on. Why are people showing up? Because what's happening has got them emotionally charged for something that they value. People say, this is bull crap. I've seen enough. We can't stand for this. I'm going to show up and say something about it, right? People right. who are kind of at home who don't really, you know, maybe they've never been affected by this before, or maybe they're kind of, you know, mediocre or uninvolved. And 
and be honest with you, everybody's involved. So don't think you're not involved, right? This affects everybody. But there are some people that think it doesn't affect me. So they sit at home and they, they sit on the couch and continue to watch Netflix, right? So those are people where thoughts really are not generating anything. And so I think, you know, for us, if we want to have thoughts that are doing more, one of the things that I think is also important is from time to time, you've got to evaluate what it is you really want in life, right? What is it that you really want? And when you can identify what it is that you really want, you can start to recognize things that either fit with that or that don't fit, right? I think that the biggest thing that, that's kind of interesting, you've probably heard the quote that says most people spend more time planning their vacation than their life, <laughs> right? Like it's kind of true, right? Yeah. And, and I think that that's one of the reasons why people aren't successful. They kind of in their mind, they say this is kind of what I want, but they're not really committed to it, right? And so when something, an opportunity shows up that could help them, they're not even committed enough to recognize it, right? right? Oh, I'll get to it later. And most people make their decisions and say, you know, if an opportunity comes, they say, well, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough resources. I don't know enough. I don't know enough people. And they don't do anything. But the truth is, is they don't understand what decision really is. The decision has nothing to do with where you already are because you're there already. So if you say I'm making the decision this way because I don't and I don't have enough or I don't have this or I don't have that, well, the only thing that's going to change that, in fact, is a new decision. Right. That's the only thing that can change anything. Exactly. So the, the decisions aren't about the present. They're always about the future. Right. So if you want to have more money or more time or better relationships or more health or better connection to yourself or self-worth or spirituality or whatever you want, you've got to take that leap of faith to step into something that you don't already have. And I kind of like what the Zen proverb says. It says leap and the net will appear. And that's the problem is most people, they don't have that kind of courage. They aren't committed enough. They don't know what they want enough. And so it's just okay to kind of be secure, so to speak, with a nine to five or whatever. And security actually never exists. You're nine to five. It can be cut off in a heartbeat. Welcome to the COVID virus, baby. This is the party, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Right? You know, you can have everything taken away. So time to live. Time to really live. This is it. Yeah. Well, yeah, sh well showtime. Yeah, Doug, I, I really love that. You know, if we if we took everything you just said right now, and, and if we just threw it out in over uh, outer space somewhere, we would create a whole new planet with that. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I just love. Oh it. my goodness, you know, planet um, of the apes, right? Planet of the hey. apes. <laughs> <laughs> new primates. Uh, yeah, so, I guess. Right. Yeah, so you know, what going back to what you said here, you know, uh, in charge. You know, like I, I heard that word charge. You know, you got to have charge behind. You know, what you hear. Um, because definitely, you know, uh, thoughts are, you know, uh, they're going to generate some type of energy, you know, um, behind it because like, you know, you, you being an energy being, you know, you, you, you should, you know, uh, be able to, you know, a, you know, attach to, you know, whatever you receiving mm. in, you know, and if you don't, you know, uh, have the right type of, you know, current, you know, uh, to, to, to push, push, push some action behind it you know, but behind the thoughts you're receiving, you know, because based on your values, as you mentioned, you know, based on values, based on, based on what uh, past experiences, you know, like you might be familiar, familiar with it. You may not be familiar with it, uh, you know, in order to carry out, you know, what was received. Uh, then, then, however, you know, uh, that's, you know, I, I get where you're going with yeah, this. Yeah. I get, I get yeah, where you're going yeah, with you know, this. Yeah. And, and, and with that yeah. idea of a charge, like here, here's something crazy that yeah, it, we got to throw out there. And you know, this, this just was kind of whirling in my mind as you were talking, cause I, I love where you're going with this, but to really get that charge going, a lot of people think that, okay, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. We say that all the time. Right. And yeah. to some extent that's kind of true. We need to make a decision, but it's only partially true. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. When I was interviewing the 400 of the world's top achievers, and I still hang out with a lot of these high-level achievers, when I'm with those people, my thoughts are higher. I feel like I want to be better because I'm hanging out with people who have higher standards, right? Yes. But on the opposite, quite frankly, when I'm hanging around with people that don't really care, people that are lazy and people that haven't got a vision of what they really want and they're kind of somewhat confused and I become kind of like them sometimes too, right? Like, let's be honest, we kind of become a reflection of sort of who we spend that time with. And so one of the things that I have found useful for me to get a charge, to get excited, to get going, yes, it starts with me, but it really finishes with who I start putting around me, right? And I really adopt that energy. I become like them and I see possibilities for myself and life 
as I hang out with higher level people. So I think that that charge, if you will, this, the thought charge that you have, that electricity, that spark, it begins with you, but it grows with as you kind of get involved in a community that supports that, right? Yes. And we, we can kind of see that um, with everything in life, you know, whether it's success or failure, we generally rise to the expectations of those around us, our support group, right? The standards that that group sets. That's why you, you heard it said that your net work equals your net worth, right? Well, everybody talks about money with worth. And that's true. You know, my, my wealth really is a combination of the people that I'm spending time with. We, we think alike, right? But it's not just about money. That idea of worth, let's say net worth. The word worth actually has a lot to do with what we find worthy, the things that we find valuable, the things that we find important, right? And I find that based on my network, there's also a set of values that that network has, right? And when I'm hanging out with those people, I find valuable what they find valuable, right? I rise to the standard of my peers. You know, my mom, your mom too, probably, when you were in high school, warned you about, be careful who your friends are, right? And, and she talks about peer pressure, and you're going to start behaving like they behave. Well, truth is, it didn't end at high school, man. We're still, like, every person that we're hanging out with, the groups we're hanging out with, they still influence us to what we are going to do. And so I think one of the biggest things that, um, you know, I'd recommend our listeners do is take a very careful look at who we're spending the most time with. And I'm not saying go and eliminate people that aren't really serving you. And I'm not going to say get rid of toxic people because I think many people misunderstand what that means. And top achievers never run from problems. They learn how to manage them. So if you've got problem people in your life, you don't run from them. You just learn how to manage that. You be stronger and you spend more time with those that are empowering than disempowering. But I am saying this is that you have it within your power to rise up. You have it within your power to level up and to find people that are going to see the best in you, that are going to appreciate the best in you and nurture the best in you. And if you've got people in your life that aren't serving you that way right now, spend less time with them, right? Deliberately make it a, a, a very conscious choice to go and seek out people that will help you become better. And, and kind of on that idea too, it's interesting because – those that you surround yourself with, not only do they help you find your values, but they also, I think, define what happiness looks like to you, right? Yes. You've heard it said that happiness is a choice, right? right? But that's kind of only partially true. Happiness starts with a choice. There's a lot of choices that people make that aren't very good that don't lead to happiness. And you can almost count on any time you make a choice out of immediate gratification. It's going to end up creating problems in the end because it's not really always going to be a great choice. In fact, I recently spoke at a prison in uh, North Carolina there. And there are lots of guys there that felt like they made a good choice in the, in the moment, but it didn't work out in the end, right? So it's not just choice. It's also being satisfied and happy with the consequences of those choices. So how can we make a choice that will lead to good consequences, right? And a lot of times when we hang out with people who've uh, achieved a life of success or they're living a life of happiness, like I love what Dennis Waitley in our film, he said this, which is kind of interesting. He says, if you've just recently lost your job, one of the worst things that you can do is go hang out with a bunch of other people that have lost their job. It's not going to lift you to higher levels because that group is satisfied with a consequence that's lower than you, less brilliant than you, than the inner you. So we want to hang out with people who appreciate a high level of positive consequence. And when we, we hang out with those people, we're going to see that we, it's easier to be happy. It's easier to find happiness because together we're all there to grow each other into good choices and better consequences, right? So anyways, that's, that's a long drawn out answer to no, <laughs> probably no, a very simple question. No, that, that is very excellent. And, you know, um, you know Dennis uh, definitely uh, dropped, dropped, dropped the gem right there. You know, um, thank you. Thank mm. you for that. You know, um, uh, that's, that's why, you know, uh, real group therapy has been very, you know, very successful in the past, past years. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, a lot of therapists uh, do recommend support groups. Um, you know, AA has, um, you know, worked for a lot of people as well. Um, so, yeah, that that tribe mentality, you know, um, choosing, being able to choose who you associate with. I, I can definitely see, you know, where you're going with that one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I believe you know, Napoleon Hill has spoke on it, too. Uh, yes, definitely. I definitely. So definitely. Well, he calls it the mastermind principle. Yeah, the mastermind right? principle. Yeah, it's mastermind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's definitely important and cool. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely good. Definitely works. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you know, 
in terms of like in terms of that, so good, good thing we brought up mastermind. Um, you know, mastermind and do help us to to think more bigger. Uh, I think sometimes we are thinking small. Um, you know, why is it that you know we we think small, and you know how can we get ourselves to think more bigger? Well, I, I think the the level of thinking that we get involved in is a habit, right? So if we've been programmed and we've been around people that are thinking small, we're going to just adopt that behavior. We're going to think small just like them. And I think that you know, if you look at also uh, when kids start, really, sky's the limit. What are you What are you going to be when you grow up? I'm going to be Spider Man, right? Nobody yeah. Nobody is going to be Spider Man or whatever <laughs> in real life. But you know, when we're kids, that's it. We could do that, right? Like it's yeah. it's real, right? And so I think. Again, as we surround ourselves with people who have us question our beliefs, question our abilities, we kind of become trained in the habit of when we have a big thought, we immediately dismiss it right away saying, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to take it to the world. Somebody's going to say no about that, right? Like somebody's going to shut me down. And the opposite is, is true too, though. But if we start really kind of um, developing the habit of thinking big, right, and believing that it's possible and recognizing that amazing things are there for us, we'll start to really attract that we'll start to do that more but it, it, it is a habit and it's something that i believe needs to be practiced right like uh, i think even some of the top achievers that i had a chance to kind of interview right like how do i say this it was kind of a neat little trick that they taught me that really changed things for me when we're also thinking small the reason why is because we think most of it is up to us right so in other words let's let's just say for example you want to become a, a famous actor right well, you might shoot that down because you think, I don't know enough about how to get into Hollywood. I don't know any casting directors. I don't know how to act yet. I don't know that. And so we're blaming ourselves, right? But as I was talking with a lot of these top achievers, one of them specifically said that the reason why most people fail is because they ask selfish questions. I was like, well, what does that mean, right? Selfish questions. So, well, tell me more. And he goes, well, most people are asking, what can I do? How do I solve this? What, it, what, what do I need to do next? right? All the, the I questions. But he says, that's the wrong question for success. He goes, you never ask, what do I do? How do I do it? How do I? He says, you ask, who can do this? Who knows the systems? Who can be my support? Who knows this guy? Who can open that door? And, we, and, and we're always looking for who can be part of our team, who could help us. So we're always in a constant mode of seeking out support and being okay to admit we don't know the answers, to be okay to say, I need some help. And I think most people, um, the reason they stay thinking small and they never create big things is because they think it's always them. The buck stops with me. And no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. If, if you can learn how to assemble a team, if you look at any major success in any field, whether it's entertainment, sports, whether it's you know business, it's always somebody who's learned how to uh, really surround themselves with the strengths of other people. Even, you know, you take an NBA player who is at the top of his game. He learns how to use the rest of his team to make himself work. He learns how to use a nutritionist and a coach and everyone else to make himself, you know, be the best that he can be. He's never out there playing solo. And I think we all know that if you get a guy on the basketball court that has no desire but to be solo, no one wants to play with him anyways. No one wants to help him. No one wants to pass him the ball, right? So we've got to learn how to be part of that. You know, and, and, and sports is the analogy, but it, it really takes place everywhere in life, everywhere. Yeah, that's, that's, that's truly incredible there. You know, uh, that, that whole uh, selfish, selfish mindset, that whole, you know, uh, man on the island uh, type of mentality, you know, uh, it, it's uh, very infectious and uh, very, you know, uh, very addicting too. It can be very addicting. Uh, so is that... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is inflation taking a bite out of your grocery budget? Andrews Federal Credit Union is here to help. Introducing our Inflation Buster Share Certificate with 5% APY for seven months now through December 14th. Bring your money to Andrews Federal Credit Union today. The Inflation Buster account must be open with new money. Andrews Federal Credit Union membership is not just for the military. We also serve the community. Visit andrewsfcu.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership eligibility required. APY equals annual percentage yield. Must have a $1,000 minimum balance to earn advertised APY. Because of 
the fear of vulnerability or is it a matter of, you know, hey, I just don't know how to ask? Well, I, I think it's vulnerability, but I also think it's programming too. And what do I mean by that? Well, I mean, if you look at it, let's just take even the Academy Awards, for example. Yes. You got this big movie, and I've made movies. I've made a bunch of them. This is number four, and I've also done some non-personal development movies. The one thing I've learned about movies is even though I'm being interviewed today and my name's on the film, you know, I, there's so many other people involved in making this movie, right? Like you, you make a movie with a team. You never do it by an individual, right? Like if you go see, let's just say, the latest Tom Cruise movie, it's his face on all the interviews, but he's got a guy holding the camera, doing the lights, running his makeup, building his costume, pulling off the stunts, distributing the film, editing the film, blah, blah, blah. Like go on forever and ever and ever with all the things that everybody has to do to make that movie. Yet when he wins the award, and I don't know if he's won Academy Awards for – Mission Impossible, I don't think he ever has, but let's say that he has. Let's pretend that for a minute. Tom, we're, we're hoping you get an Academy Award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he needs one. He did go. Or whatever, right? Yeah. But when he goes up and accepts the award all by himself, um, you know, all of a sudden, everybody thinks he's the guy in charge, that he did it, right? You know, it's interesting. One of my success interviews was with a guy who used to be very high up in Sony Pictures. And... Um, Kind of the way that uh, he worded it to me, I can't remember how the conversation started, but he said, you know, the one thing about Tom Cruise, for example, he says, Tom Cruise is no longer an individual. He's a company. He's got a stylist, a publicist, uh, agents, all these things that make Tom Cruise work, right? And so I think where many of us as outsiders who are not aware of sort of behind the scenes, what's behind the curtain, right? We assume that Tom's just a one-man show. And because we see him getting an award, we assume that that's how we need to do it. If we're going to be successful, we can do it too by ourselves. And by the way, I'm, like I said, I'm using entertainment, but the truth is this is with any industry, sports, business, everything. We often see individuals recognized for leading the ship, but you know, whenever those awards are accepted, it really ought to be a team of, you know, I mean, even with our movie, just look at the credits, man. There's several hundred names that are there that, and many of them more important than me. Right. And so, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's one of those things where uh, we, we need to recognize success is by a team. It's by a team. That's really what it is, right? Yeah, I like that. You know, I like that uh, definitely. You know, uh, that is uh, truly well, well needed. And I, I think, um, you know, America needs that message, uh, especially right now. <laughs> Everybody does. But yeah, yeah. I, and, and you know what? I'm not picking on America. I'm actually yeah. a, dual, a dual citizen. So I'm up in Canada right now, but I'm a dual citizen. I used yeah. to live down in California, um, kind of my backyard. I was in San Bernardino. Then I was in Encino. I was in Redlands and up north in Modesto and stuff. So California is close to my heart. But I also went to school in Idaho and all that. So I've been on quite a few places in the States. I, I consider myself kind of one foot in the U.S., one foot not, right? And my heart goes out. And there's a lot of people who are, I don't know, got a lot to say about the present right now, too. And he was one of my success interviews, by the way, before yeah, he was president. No, I have nothing. I, you know, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and to share with you, I, I really feel bad because I think that there's a lot of things that have been misunderstood. Yeah. But I also think there's a lot of people who don't know how to really begin a conversation that could be helpful. Like one of my heroes, I was just watching his Facebook Live the other day. He and I are really good friends, but Les Brown, the motivational speaker. Yeah. And, you know, because he shares the same ethnicity background as George Floyd, obviously, I respect his perspective on things, right? Like it's one thing for, you know, someone who doesn't have that to make a comment, but for people who kind of come from that background and make a comment, you, I think we got to pay attention. But the solution won't come from just one side either. It needs right. to come from everybody listening and admitting that we really got to admit this, that there's a problem. And I think too many people aren't, aren't prepared to admit this. They're, they're willing to either go out and protest or they're willing to criticize the protesters, but they're not willing to meet in the middle and say, okay, it's not a, it's not enough to just say there's an issue. We now need to talk solutions. And I think that this is a, a problem for a lot of people. And you know, uh, how do I even say this? I think because people are trying to be more concerned with who's right rather than what's right. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And, and the truth of it is, is we got to admit that this isn't working. And, you know, I feel like my heart genu genuinely breaks. Like I really honestly, I'm really bothered by this personally and, and in my emotions because 
I've got so many friends around the world that are, you know, of so many different backgrounds and races and, and the world tries to paint us as, as, as different. And that's the biggest lie that there is. We're not different at all. We are all part of the human race. We are all part of the same species. We are all part of the same energy. And on a deeper level, all of our souls are, are inseparably connected. When you hurt, I hurt, right? And I can't help but do that. We are so connected. And it's interesting. I had a conversation with Bob Proctor a little bit about this a, a while ago, and it wasn't necessarily about connectivity, but we're talking about, you've heard in the secret that everything vibrates at a frequency, right? Yes. Everything right? This microphone, me, uh, my fingernails, the banner, like everything is vibrating right now. Um, but we were talking a little bit about this idea. What is it that really is vibrating? What is it, right? Like what is it made of? And I don't know if this is a scientific definition, but upon leaving that conversation, I really felt strongly that everything is, that's vibrating is some form of a manifestation of love or gratitude. Everything is a manifestation of love or gratitude and things that are vibrating at a low level of gratitude and love really are the hard things, things that are hard and things that aren't bending and so forth. And people can vibrate at these low, low levels of gratitude too. And, and, and those are people who, when they come into a room, you feel the energy go bad, right? Yeah. They're people that when you're trying to be peaceful with them, they're looking for contention. Right. And, and I'll be honest, sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I wake up with low levels of <laughs> gratitude. Everything around me feels eh, right. <laughs> but as we can rise and we graduate at higher levels of love and gratitude, that's the way the universe runs. That's the way that everything around us actually vibrates. It wants to give us more. It wants to expand. It wants us to be the best we can be. We feel good about that. And we can know by our feelings of expansion that we're heading in the right direction. And I think that this is the big thing that really needs to happen and, and not just for this event that's going on but for every event hereafter because we've had so many wars and battles and challenges with in human history we've always been at each other we need to drop that we need to learn and maybe i'm sounding a bit like a hippie from the 60s but oh, peace yeah. and love man we need to learn really how to operate at this feeling that when i hurt you i'm hurting me and when i care about you i care about me and when i'm trying to do the best for those around me that I'm also doing the best for me. And we can't help but do good to someone else without having it returned to us. It's almost like the universe is an echo chamber. And if we show up with fear and hate and contentment uh, against people or, or mean feelings, that's exactly what we get back. It's exactly what we're creating. But if we show up with uh, commitment to, to love and kindness and peace and to bring out the good in other people and to bless other people, that's exactly what returns back. And we will create... Uh, you, you know, a utopian type feeling. And maybe some people are saying that I'm being a bit naive and saying that, and that I don't realize that the world has problems. It's true. The world always will, but that doesn't mean we have to add to it. That doesn't mean that we have to create problems by, you know, holding on to problems, you know, and the, the truth is, is, you know, it's funny is most people, when they hear the idea of problem, they get really nervous because they think that they now have to have a solution. Well, there's that old, you know, serenity prayer that says there's some things that we can't change. Let's just acknowledge that, that there are some things that the universe has that just aren't comfortable and we got to deal with it. But we can deal with it better as a group than as an individual. And if you look at solving problems, uh, even look at my own life, you know, any major catastrophe or challenge that I've ever had has actually been solved easier if I get my friends involved. If I get people who've done it before or experienced it before and ask them, how would you solve this? And we solve it as a team and we listen to everybody. And to be honest with you, there's not just one right answer. There's multiple perspectives that will all lead to a greater good. And if we can find a way to incorporate those multiple perspectives to create one uh, solution that we can all feel good about, then I think we're on the way to progress. And, you know, I also think, I don't know, maybe I've just got too many opinions on some of these things. But I no. think racist no. is an antiquated idea. It has no place in a modern society. You know, racism is, is a foolish idea that was instituted. And, and, and I don't know exactly whose grandpa it was. If it was mine, I apologize to everybody. But way, way back in the history of man, somehow we felt because we were different that that made certain people better. And it doesn't. Different is okay. Different is we're celebrating. And, and different is what makes everything exciting and joyful and powerful, Right. And, and it isn't even being a matter of, of differences because of skin color. The truth is there's a lot of people the same skin color as me that are very different than me. And you know what? I have more in common sometimes with people who have a different skin color than me. 
So it's not a skin color. It's a personality thing. And we need to understand that we're actually a lot more in common than we are different. And if we can find that common, then we can actually become much more strong and better than we are because that's the team. We need those universal perspectives. We need that, uh, that viewpoint that's different. We need to encourage each other. We got to stop beating each other down. We got to stop treating each other in poor and terrible ways that just is never going to serve any of us, any of us. Right. So I don't know. There's my rant. I hope, uh, I hope that people kind of get where I'm going. We just got to be kinder. I love what Ellen DeGeneres says at the end of her shows, be kind to each other. It's that simple, right? It's that simple. Yeah. You, you, you said this all also beautifully and, you know, um, and you spoke, you know, with true brilliance and true elegance, you know. Well, you're and, way um, too kind. You're way you know, too kind, Mark. No, no, it was very, very graceful, you know. Um, and I'm grateful for you know, your you know, feelings and on I, that. And I'm, I'm very, I'm very uh, grateful uh, uh, to you know have you know spoken with you today to be able to receive that, you know. So I received that, uh, and you know um, what what we have in the world, you know, as you as you mentioned, you know, there are certain things that one person cannot change, and. Uh, sometimes we think that you know we are the person that can just you know um, take take it upon ourselves and 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 be the one you know and come at it with full force, full aggression, and and that's not the way. That's truly not the way. Um, love is the way. You know, sometimes we have to choose love and allow love to you know uh, flow uh, flow outwardly. Uh, and um, and when you promote love. Uh, you know, you drop that seed of love, um, so someone behind you will pick it up and, yeah. you know, and that person, you know, if you can't connect with six other people behind them, maybe that person behind you can connect with those six. And, well, you, um, you know, I, I think it's interesting that I, I think most people don't even understand the definition of love. What really is love? Well, love is the, the ability to care about someone else's interests enough to sacrifice your own. Yeah. Right. So, we sacrifice our selfishness to allow someone else to actually be cared for. And I think that this is something that, um, you know, is really hard. A lot of people have a hard time sacrificing their ego. They want to be right. They want to be the one who's recognized for whatever efforts that they've done. And love sometimes means just stepping aside and allowing other people to receive uh, a voice, other people to receive a benefit. And, um, you know, I mean, just think about it in your family. Like how do you show, you know, and, and I don't know if you're married or you got kids or anything, or but how do you really show somebody that you love them? You know, it's interesting. I just had a recent experience. In fact, I almost should run into the other room and get this, but I'll show you. Um, my grandson, whose name is Marcus, we talked about him earlier. Um, I was actually at my computer working. And for anybody who's an entrepreneur, you know, when you're working in your company, it's very easy to be super focused and you don't yeah. want any interruptions. This is your game. Don't bug me. Here I am. Well, he came up with a little picture that he had drawn, drawn for me. And I have to admit, my very first instinct was to kind of brush him aside. And I don't know what it was. And I wish I, said, I could say I do this all the time. I don't. Don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect by any means, even close to that. But I just at this moment felt, you know, work is important, but this is more important. And, you know, as I stopped what I was doing and gave him my full attention to receive this picture that he'd drawn. And we talked about it for a minute and everything else. At the end, he said to me, I love you, Doug. It's funny because even though I'm grandpa, he calls me Doug because he hears my wife call me Doug, right? He goes, I love you, Doug. And it was there that I, I recognized that that's actually what activated that love. It was me putting what was important to me aside to be able to be there for what was important to him. And I think that, you know, as we look at kind of what's going on in the world right now, I think a lot of people who are trying to get their voices heard are still kind of doing it with a bit of a selfish motive. They're not doing it in the true spirit of love to really do it with a purpose to create an environment where people care more about others than they do themselves. And the more we can kind of develop that, and I don't know, you know maybe, maybe I, again, people are thinking I'm naive and it's not possible, but what is it that Gandhi said, be the change that you want to see in the world? right? It'll never be perfect. It's just the way of human nature. There'll always be some people that are just selfish and, and they'll be, you know, uh, un unwilling to change. Those people will be. But I think enough of us understand that love is the answer. 
that we'll really start to be able to like, that's the movement that should be the movement. Right. I think it should be anyways. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what do we you do describe, our best. What you describe with that moment with your grandson is beautiful. You know, uh, it's, it's a beautiful uh, gesture of um, how all humanity should, should act in the, and in the way to you know to any other human being and that's just taking the moment you know uh being able to uh be in observe in that moment uh stepping out of yourself and uh just you know i i like to use this metaphor of cars you know as, as though we mm. all drive in our own in our own lanes and and sometimes um we have other people who's driving their own lane and and then they're hey 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 <laughs> pull over and so we had to pull over and you know we have step outside of the, our cars you know you know you may be in a sports car they may be in a miata or something and you <laughs> them, and you say and then you guys have this this moment you know but then you all return back into your lanes uh and and then whatever you took from that interaction you all head back and go into the same direction and then you is inflation taking a bite out of your grocery budget? Andrews Federal Credit Union is here to help. Introducing our Inflation Buster Share Certificate with 5% APY for seven months now through December 14th. Bring your money to Andrews Federal Credit Union today. The Inflation Buster account must be open with new money. Andrews Federal Credit Union membership is not just for the military. We also serve the community. Visit andrewsfcu.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership eligibility required. APY equals annual percentage yield. Must have a $1,000 minimum balance to earn advertising. APY. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, stop, stop. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32. Realize like, hey, we actually are going in the same direction. And yeah. you might offer him some advice on how to keep moving forward. And he might have gave you some tips on what to watch out for. And so those moments are very crucial. And so um, I think that's what we should, be, should, should take from what you just that's, said. That's a great analogy, Marcus. I really like that because we are all heading in the same direction. We may have different vehicles. Some of us are on motorbikes. Some of us in a, you know, in, in a Miata, like you said. And, but uh, the, I had a friend who had a Miata. That's why I laugh about it. He thought, he thought it was the coolest car ever. But that's okay. I'm not going to knock it. I thought it was interesting. We always joked and said it was a girl's car, and he didn't like to hear that. But that's a whole other car conversation but but in all seriousness um you know i think the one thing that would be more useful is if instead of all of us riding in individual cars we should all just get on the same bus yeah. right yeah and, and you can do that too and we could do that too but um you know the, the one thing that i think is is always damaging to all of us is many of us because of the way that society has made us is we're always in a comparison model Meaning we're trying to yeah. say, am I as good as so-and-so? Is so-and-so as good as me? You know, if I have that, I'll be better and everyone will think cool of me. That's why we've even got this phrase now. People are throwing around fake rich, right? I got to uh -huh. be looking good <laughs> and I got to fake it till I make it. Right. Well, the truth is, is fake it till you make it is the biggest lie that there is. Um, you know, it's funny because now having had the chance to interview, you know, all these top achievers around the world, there were some really very accomplished, successful people there. But the one thing that I learned from them right away is that, um, you know, they also do not want to help fake it till you make it people, right? They don't want to have their reputation attached to somebody who's clearly not legit, right? Someone that is uh, a fraud. In fact, one of my friends who's a very wealthy individual said it this time or this way one time. He said, um, imagine if you're at a swimming pool party, right? And you're the guy that invited the dude that peed in the pool, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to, to be associated with you anymore. You brought the pool pier, right? And yeah. so, you know, when you're at a high level of success, 
people are often very careful about who they bring into their circle because they don't want to be embarrassed by somebody who's a phony, right? They want, they want to be able to share people who are legit. And so I think in this day and age, it's very important that we understand that authenticity and truthfulness are very important. Transparency, very important, right? And um, I think, you know, and I'm not just speaking about high level of financial success, but I'm talking about people who are genuinely good people, right? They want to be able to be surrounded by other good people. And they want to protect themselves and their families and their communities and their networks and other people that they have by only bringing in other good people. And so if you want to rise to a high level of success and have good influences and support of people around you, I think it starts from the inside out. You've got to make a decision that you're going to also be a person of integrity, a person of worth, and a person of contribution. And you're going to care about people. And as you do that, others who are, have the same values will, will gravitate to you. Right. Yeah, that really does uh, tear down the old model, you know, where, you know, used to be, you know, uh, pay, pay to get your way, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, and boy, that that really does suck. So <laughs> it does. And I, I think people know when you pay your way. It's kind of like one, one, of, one of my friends that I interviewed as um, one of the top achievers. Um, he uh, his name's Jim Tunney and he was a, a referee in the NFL for about 30 years. Right. So he'd been in all the big games and all that kind of stuff. And he said something that was really kind of interesting. He said, um, you know, you can always tell when a player comes onto the field who has not done his homework. So in other words, you get the guys who practice like crazy, they put in all the effort and they're good, but then you get this guy who kind of, you know, he's had some good moments. He got drafted and all that stuff, but you know, he got, lazy and he relaxed and he decided not to put in the effort like the other people. You can always identify those people, he said. And, um, you know, very soon they become exposed and they don't get invited back. Right. So we've got to be, uh, you know, of the understanding that, you know, if, if you are going to make yourself something bigger and better, if you can expand who you are, if you're going to really have the desire to, you know, play at a high level and whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's even just a relationship at home to have a better relationship, there's homework to do. There's work to do. And we've got to be willing to do the work. And we've got to be willing to sometimes face hard things, have uh, the hard conversations sometimes, and then sometimes make sacrifices of some things that are not serving us. And to let go of some things that are maybe selfish sometimes, right? So, yeah. For what it is, anyways, that's my two cents. <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, sometimes I wonder, too, you know, is uh, is laziness, laziness taught or is it, you know, something that just kind of comes on because it, you know, it feels better than actually uh, doing work. Yeah. Yeah. And what have you come up with? Well, I think laziness is, is, is a, is a common thing, but here's the thing about laziness. Laziness is always a result of making an excuse. Right. And the interesting thing is a couple of years ago, I actually started writing down every excuse anyone would ever give me. Like, I just want to do it as a research thing. What are all the excuses people That's use? Cool. And so <laughs> I have this document. You're going to laugh. Actually, send me your email. I'll send it to you. You'll laugh your head off when you see it. But I literally came up with, there's got to be at least almost 800 different excuses. Like I, I wrote them down. Can't do it. Going to do my hair. Can't do it. Got to pick up the kids from school. Can't do it. My show's on. Can't do it. I'm out of batteries. Can't do it. Like all the excuses. And you know, the thing that was funny is as I was writing these, I came up with a really weird realization and that's that we never make excuses except for the things we have power over. So if we could change it, if we could do different, but we choose not to because we're lazy, that's when the excuse comes out. If it's something we can't do anything about, we don't make an excuse for it, right? Mm -hmm. And so the next time that you're making an excuse in life, and I do this now, is I say, what could I really do? Like, is there something within my power? If I wanted to do this, right? And then instead of making an excuse, make a deliberate decision. Am I saying no because I don't want to do this? Or am I saying excuse because it's hard to do, right? And the minute that we recognize that, sometimes I've gained power to actually say, I will do this. It's hard, but I'm going to do it. I know I've got an excuse. Other times I said, well, the real reason isn't that, you know, that I'm being lazy. It's actually that this doesn't align with my values. And that's okay to say no, yeah. but now I have a clear no, not an excuse. And I think that there's far more power in having those excuses gone. I don't get in the habit of going to an excuse every time first. And by the way, our brain does that. Sometimes even before analyzing what needs to be done, we say, nah, yeah, I <laughs> right? We don't even really give it time to think about. And, you know, I've had this too where, 
somebody, you know, family member or something, somebody's asked me something and I've made an excuse even before thinking it through. And it's actually been something I've wanted to do actually when I think about it. And it's also been something that's probably easier to do than I first, you know, did. You know, someone interrupted me. By the way, the funny thing, we got a joke going, I don't mind being vulnerable, but we got a joke going in my family that whenever any of my kids come to me and say, dad, can we do this? If, or is this a good idea? If I say, could be, or maybe, or yeah, maybe, we'll see. They know I didn't even listen, right? Because that's the default mode. Can we do this? You're busy. Yeah, could be. Yeah, maybe later. Yeah, maybe, could be, right? Those are all cues that you're not listening. So I think it's important in life that we get definitive answers. We either say yes or no. And if we make an excuse, we recognize that that's just really kind of a could be, maybe. It's, it, it, it's a situation that we really do, saying that we really do to buy us time and distance from it, to buy space. So we don't have to answer, right? It relieves us of the pressure. So we've got to be real careful about doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having so much fun with you. It's it's hard to believe so much time has flown by here. Hey, Marcus? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, hope, I hope your listeners find this valuable, by the way. Yeah, it is definitely, definitely brilliant. It's definitely wise uh, information coming from you. Uh, and, you know, what you said is definitely, you know, going back to just putting that work into yourself and uh, really being able to, you know, uh, catch, catch those thoughts in midair. And um, it's going back to knowing, you know, what your values are, as you mentioned earlier on, you know, um, when you, when you do the work, you can be able to lay out, you know, um, some, some clear values, some concrete values, cast mm -hmm. those thoughts in midair, you know, take a second before you even yeah. make a, make a decision and a choice. You know, you talked about choice earlier, the importance of making choice, you know, um, you know, and because once you make a choice, that's when, you know, you, those thoughts usually, you know, uh, the, the energy behind those thoughts usually trigger some type of action. Uh, that's true. Of the choice. Uh, definitely true. Definitely true. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's a, it's been really good being with you today. This has been fun. Yeah. So, so if you can leave us with anything else, you know, that like, you know, that's just maybe from the movie, maybe from anyone, yeah. you know, like, or maybe one, one of your most, you know, uh, I mean, you, you can interview like 400 greats, 400, 400 of the greats, you know, yeah. if you can take, anything from one of them or maybe something from your own self, you know, I'm interviewing one of the greats right now. So you, I got all 400 of them all in one right here. <laughs> so, oh, well, I don't know, but I got, yeah, I got a, I, I got a super dude right here. <laughs> I, got, I got an experience that I think is kind of cool that we can share and maybe just yeah. in leaving, come see us at the movie. We've got lots of really cool stuff there for you. So head over to howthoughtsbecomethings.com so you can watch the movie. Um, you know, the thought that comes to my mind is this. Um, I've got an uncle who, um, had an accident where he was accidentally kicked by a horse in the face and it made him blind in both eyes. So it, it literally shattered both ocular cavities. And, you know, when he went through the, you know, medical procedure to kind of keep him alive, you know, obviously he was turned blind. So he cannot see. And as you can imagine, um, a person who had sight for their whole life returning into the world for, you know, a, a world that's really built for people with sight, but now he's blind. He can't see a thing. And there's lots of challenges that he had, you know, like he went into the street one time and got turned around, didn't know which direction to go because he's blind. And, you know, he's put his hand on hot burners before because he couldn't see it. You know, he'd accidentally turned on the wrong one and went feeling for things or, you know, he's cut himself and hurt himself. And you can see scars and scratches everywhere. Well, one day he was sitting next to me and he said, I know that you speak to a lot of people in a motivational capacity, right? Like you go out and you talk to people. He said, you know, in all this experience, what I have learned about being blind, there's one thing that's probably the most important lesson. And if you could, on my behalf, share this with those that you talk to. He says, as I've gone through all these difficult things, he said, I've learned that vision isn't about what you see. Vision is about what you believe. And to me, that was really an important thing to think about that many times most of us lean on the things that we can see, the things that we can touch, the things that we can immediately experience. And we have a short vision because of it, right? We don't see the big picture. We don't see how things can be. And so my challenge to those listening today is to really start seeing with another vision. And obviously we can read in Proverbs a very important thing that says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Yes. And I'm going to suggest that all of your life, all of your power, 
all of your expansion, all of your abundance, all of your goodness, all of your best self, everything that's good to come, including your relationships and all the power that you will ever have will be a result of your vision. And so I'm going to encourage you to, you know, maybe even take a private moment now, especially with COVID where you've got all the time in the world and just grab a notebook, you know, something like this and make some notes on what you feel like your vision should be. Remember that a goal that is specific and clear becomes attainable and near. So we want to write it down. We want to ink it, not just think it. We want to make it be part of who we are. And then I think it's important to review that regularly until you start seeing some of those elements appear. Remember, we can't really bring things into our life until we know what it is we're trying to bring. And when we also make a clear view of what it is on paper, oftentimes that helps us to recognize the things that are not contributing to us. And it's important that we don't make someone else's fire our emergency, meaning that we don't adopt what other people want us to do. We intentionally, from a place of decision, seek after the things that we know are most valuable and most important to us. So that would be my, my plea to everybody. That's what you need to go and do. And uh, report back to Marcus. He's going he's gonna to want to know what happened about this. And um, I really appreciate you having me on the show today, man. You're awesome. I appreciate it a lot. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, you, you, you definitely, you know, have paid, the, you know, paid the way here and, you know, you have been outstanding, you know, um, throughout the years, uh, and, you know, you continue to do it. Um, we need you. <laughs> so uh, we need you more we than need, ever. We need each other. We you need, know, so, we really need each other. We do. Yeah, so definitely. Uh, so, yeah. uh, you know, and it wasn't me today. It was all you. <laughs> oh, we had a good experience, Marcus. I enjoy being with you. You're, you're, you're so good at this. And yeah, I, I'll promote the heck out of you everywhere. We'll, we'll share this everywhere. This will be good. Well, thank you so much, Doug. I greatly appreciate that. So, uh, so yeah, uh, so do hold just briefly here, you know, uh, while I close out here for us there. Uh, so, uh, so ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, those who are uh, watching or listening, you know, if you happen to be listening, uh, we just had a wonderful conversation with Doug. How thoughts become things. Uh, how thoughts become things.com. How thoughts become things.com. Make sure you check that out. It is uh, already has set the record for viewership in the first 24 hours of release, uh, surpassing even the secret. It is available for purchase right now uh, at HowThoughtsBecomeThings.com. You know, so you can uh, see that exclusively. Uh, you know, and Douglas is best known for his interviews of a hunt of 400 of the world's top achievers and producing three of the top 10 personal development movies. Uh, so uh, do uh, connect right away. And uh, while you're at it, play back this recording episode over and over again. Uh, share it with a family member, a friend. And even if you have whatever weird thought in your head about you got an enemy out there, share it with one of them as well. We are committed to love our enemies. So if you think for whatever reason you got an enemy, love them and share the love. Uh, and do that over and over again until they say, why do you keep sending me? Because you have to see this. That's why. You know, so uh, this is the Transform You Live show, the only show where you make real life and business transformation, hearts and power and hope and optimism. Don't forget to leave a comment, uh, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. I'm your host, Marcus Hart. Until next time, many blessings, peace, and lots of love. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 